Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. It's episode number 142 today, and we're feeling the love from our viewers from the TV show on today's episode. Uh, we'll also be talking about some new stuff coming in and workshop injuries, frankly, with an update on Logan's workshop. Uh, I'm your host, Phil Huber, joined by John and Logan today. We're going to try and keep John on the air as we test the Wi-Fi here in our studios. want to give a couple of comments from last week's episode where we were talking about buying tools and strategies there. Uh, it generated quite a bit of interest. So uh, one of them was from Christopher who writes, John's story about his child not getting the reference to the Dukes of Hazard reminds me of when a young lady that worked in my office asked who John Wayne was. I immediately felt older than dirt. Fun fact, John Wayne uh, was born just a little south of the Woodsmith offices in Winterset, Iowa. He's got a his childhood home is a museum and you can tour it so next time you're in town just keep that in mind is it a coincidence that that's where chris fitch lives who knows who knows has right. anyone ever seen john yes. wayne and chris fitch together no right also hmm. true so uh another writer c t t o h o nine writes i have a shop with old and refurbished like new machines from 1910 to 1940. I have two 1940-ish Crescent P18 planers. One is refurbished and up and running. The other is in pieces in process. When he's done, he's going to be selling if anyone is interested. Uh, also got a couple of email comments. Uh, Lance writes, I buy mo used most of the time. Some tools, like you guys say, you can only buy new, like drills and such. I have some used routers and a used bandsaw. I do have a new Craftsman table saw that I bought new many years ago. I'm in the market for a small lathe, but Logan, I don't think I could afford yours. Maybe not. The only way, the only way you'll find out is to ask. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you have Greg to ask, writes, you can't afford it. Right. Yeah. Greg writes, you asked, so he's all over the place on tool purchases. Started new, but cheap. Used circular saw every once every couple of months, that kind of thing. Once he retired, he got into restoring, gifting, and using old hand tools through the Midwest Tool Collectors Association, MWTCA. Settled mm -hmm. into using them when time wasn't an issue. Bought an Alaskan mill to break down cherry and oak trees. Time versus money for wood. Almost killed my Husqvarna 350, so I bought a new steel 362C. What? I need a solid bar, you say? Okay, make that a 26-inch. Need a bigger mill now for those bigger logs. Bought a new grizzly bandsaw for resawing. Convinced now there is no such thing as bandsaw drift, just bandsaw user drift. Oh. Yep. Working out of a... Working out of using a DeWalt worksite table saw, bought new many years ago, but can't reconcile yet to a hybrid cabinet saw because of the garage space. Used seems risky to me, and I'm not seeing the money savings over new. I love the old shop tools I've bought, but there's a lot of time investment in getting them in good, usable shape. 
He's got a Sears Roebuck planer, new rollers, belts, knives, fabricated stand, motor mounting, miring, switches, blah, blah, blah. Also a 40s, 50s-ish Buffalo 15-inch drill press. Did a bunch of stuff on there with an initial cost of $100. So there you go. Yeah. Well, as soon as he uh, decides he needs a bigger mill, he will also need a bigger chainsaw. The 360 won't do it until you get yeah. a little bit bigger. All right. We had a fun uh, fun surprise today. I got a message from our warehouse person that I had a package waiting for me in the warehouse. So I went to pick it up, and it was was from a viewer of the show, John Boker, I'm going to call it, from Scottsdale, Arizona. He said, enclosed, please find some old family tools. I grew up on a central Illinois farm in the 50s and 60s, and I cannot remember my father or I ever using these tools as we had newer versions. So I'm guessing these had not been used since the 1940s at the latest. I very much enjoy your show, especially the how-to, and not using thousands of dollars worth of equipment. I also remember you enjoy using manual equipment from time to time, therefore I thought you could find a good home for these. I don't have an issue if you don't have any interest in these, but would ask that you would find a good home for them. I also have an old blowtorch, picture below, should you have use or home for it, let me know, I'd be happy to ship it along. Have a great 2023, and I look forward to more episodes. So here's what he sent along. I'll put a photo of it on the uh, show notes page for those of you who are watching on the radio here. It started off out of the box was a marking gauge. This one's, this one's seen some stuff because it's got wires holding the fence together on the beam. Looks like it's a mortise gauge too because... There's two pins in one side. Also, there's a, a wear strip. Looks like maybe a boxwood wear strip on the bottom edge where it would get locked into place. Oh, yeah, it is because it's a section of an old ruler. I can just barely make out the, the markings here in the light. So there's that one. I'm going to start with the regular tools, and then there's a couple of what's these that I'll invite anybody to uh, comment on. A large draw knife, pretty big yeah. size, kind of a nice curve to the blade. Looks like probably, don't have my ruler here. I mean, it's a good 12-inch long, long blade on that. So that one's in pretty decent is any, shape. Is there a maker on it? Um, there is, but I can't. Doesn't say Dr. Barton, does it? No. Mm. Warden. Okay. Maybe. I only ask because I'm a. I've become a huge fan of Dr. Barton tools over the last couple of years. Their yeah. Steel seems fantastic. Okay. Then a small square, probably about four or five inches long, rosewood body, steel blade wear strip on the on the stock have a skew rabbit plane 
which seems to be in pretty decent shape. Okay. That one would be kind of fun to kind of fix up and see how it would do. So every wedge and blade seem to be original and a match for it. There's also a four-plane, wood-bodied four-plane. Tote appears to be in good condition. Tote is in good condition and tight. Wedge is tight. Blade looks... Blade needs some help. It's got some chips on it, but again, I think this one could be could be salvaged. A couple of stamps on the end. Um, so, yeah. Cool. And then... And then the three tools that need a little bit more help. We have this hammer that has a long snout on the back edge. Mm -hmm. the, the head of it is pretty well mushroomed and is cracking. So it got okay. used for more than what its steel was ready for. So uh, Also got this guy. Appears to be just a mandolin. mandolin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got a groove. Got has grooves in it for some kind of a runner. So I don't know if it was a like a cabbage slicer for kraut, maybe. Seems kind of small for that. Again, we're looking at I don't know my hand width wide for the slot on it. And then the final item is this bad boy. Looks like a pickle Here's, fork. It, maybe a pickle fork. It's got a, it's, it's aluminum. Oh. Yeah, looks like there's maybe a name on the bottom side that's kind of tough to read. But, so, anyway, like I said, I'll put a photo of it on the uh, show notes page, so if you have any questions comments or smart remarks about any of those that would be that would be cool we'll maybe do something on fixing up hand wood hand planes with those with the skew rabbit and then the four plane kind of understanding what's what's possible with those so so thanks to john for sending those to us i always love getting reader boxes because you never know it's like it's like a box of chocolates you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yes. Could be good, yeah. could be bad. Well, it's like a couple it's going to be interesting. We... Yeah. yeah. It's like a couple years ago when we got the original version of the Woodsmith dovetail jig. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Yeah. So we've, we get boxes of tools very often. Or, or regularly, I guess. Um... I received a fishing lure from a reader once, which was pretty cool. Like a handmade fishing lure. Right. Which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, just fun stuff. Love reader mail. Occasionally we get like small little projects. Um, had a gentleman send us in. What was that? It was a reader tip, John. The guy sent us in like the big hand drawing. Like the guy was like a, a oh the like, toggle clamps, and he sent us in these big drafted drawings. Was it like a toggle clamp? 
Yeah, didn't somebody send in 3D printed versions of the toggle clamps? Some plastic versions? Yeah. And drawings and, and stuff one time. So, yeah, we get interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. So this week we've been, we've returned to the video studio for some <clears throat> filming, and I'm working on a, a video edition project that will probably appear on our YouTube channel at some point in the future, but we'll go to video edition first. It's a, it's going to be a graduation gift for one of my kids. It's a desk designed by Mario Rodriguez and was featured in American Woodworker. And we have all the plans from American Woodworker when we when we purchased popular woodworking out of bankruptcy X years ago. I don't even remember how long ago that was now. Who rescued who really, though? Mm. Mm. Right? Just yeah, before. Yeah, something like that. That'd be about right. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. So, anyway, it's a really cool project. I loved it as soon as I saw it appear in that magazine and have been looking for an opportunity to make it. And this came up, and it's perfect. So, so there we go. I've decided to make mine out of white pine. Mario mm-hmm. made his out of cherry and cherry plywood, but uh, I'm going... 100% vegan on this one. Yep. And working on it that way. So. Awesome. And what a joy the white pine is. Oh my gosh, it is super fun to work with. Like I the it's stuff that you milled and yep. you wisely sawed it 2 inches thick for each plank. They're probably what 10 footers, 10 12. Yeah. Yeah, probably 10 footers, yeah. Yeah. Um, in great shape. So I'm breaking down the boards with a handsaw, which is super fun. Because, well, that and the other part is, so I have all the boards stored in the main shop, and then I bring them here into the video studio to work on them. And they're white pine, so I can carry a board by myself. And it looks kind of funny because... The boards are weathered on the outside. They've been air dried. So you don't really know what it is, but I can be Superman carrying this, (laughs) carrying this, you know, large plank by myself. It's like that, uh, it's that scene in, what is it? uh, Avengers age of Ultron where Captain America is breaking, splitting firewood with Iron Man. And he just kind of like breaks it on his, yeah, that's how I feel. But I've been able to resaw, you know, pretty wide pieces and get some nice looking material out of it. So, but the only thing is the, the gunk it kind of leaves behind on the bandsaw rollers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, I think it's funny because there's a couple of trees that we saw around here that are, are, are sappy. Okay. Pine is obviously one. Cedar's not too bad. There's a lot of oils in cedar. It's not really a resin like pine has, but there's a lot of oils in it. Um, that's where you get the smell from. 
the one that's actually stickier when you're sawing it is uh, hickory. Like shagbark hickory is super sticky. It has a lot of sap in it, and it, it's, I don't know if it's because it's so hard that it just cakes on the blade. I don't notice that with pine, but man, looking at that bandsaw blade on the guides after you were done cutting some of it, it's like somebody painted on Titebond 2 and let it dry. <laughs> like, yes. It just is I would dumb. agree with that. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I have that, and then I have... You guys brought it up yesterday. Apparently, there's something wrong with me because I got done with all my Christmas presents last year and started off this year. And I have, I think, four projects going right now. Yep. With a few more percolating in the back of my head that I really want to start, but I don't really, I feel like I should finish or complete something first before I, mm-hmm. before I go any farther. So got a birthday gift for one of my other kids uh another graduation gift and then maybe another, maybe it's a birthday gift i don't know who knows i just depends on when it gets done I, yeah i just can't stop cannot stop yeah don't want to stop right yeah i think some of you know each one of the projects has its um interesting features that make me want to just make me want to make it so Mm -hmm. like the other graduation gift is uh, a harry potter style trunk so yep we've we've done steamer trunks in the magazine several times and they're usually kind of the the old school crossing the atlantic frame and panel look to them and this one is more of a well if you've seen the harry potter movies kind of the travel trunk from like the railroad age so they they look a lot lighter in their construction so yeah that's actually been one that's been on my list for pop wood for a while is oh yeah steamer yeah like a travel trunk like a travel type trunk um and actually when we cleaned out my grandpa's house a couple years ago i i took his um army trunk that has all of his like um korean war um and vietnam war military apparel in it for that reason it was just because i want to rebuild a trunk to put all that stuff into which i thought would be kind of fun so be interested to see how you tackle that because you're right they should be lightweight um so I'm thinking like basswood would be a great wood for it, or maybe like panels of basswood, frames of oak, something like that. Yeah. See, I was looking at because the one of the defining features of it is that the they're about like 36 inches long, 20 inches deep, mm-hmm. 12 inches ish tall is kind of the size. Yep. So kind of an unusual unusual size but the long corners are very radiused so it's you know figuring out how to get those radiused corners uh keeping it lightweight um but then it also has to be sturdy enough you know that i want it to be a functional piece because 
I don't want it out of cardboard kind of a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I have some ideas. I'm, I think I'm going to do the long corners out of, I, I'll have plenty of that white pine left over. So I'll do basically like a, a cent, you know, like a two by two of white pine. And then either with rabbits or grooves have plywood panels that connect the corners and then using a big round over bit round the outside edges. And then the inside yeah. edges I'll probably knock out with a, you know, like a big rabbit on the inside at the table saw. And then I'll use my, some round planes to mm -hmm. give it a round inner profile. Yeah. And then I'll just yeah. make like oak strapping kind of pieced together to wrap around the, the outsides. Like John's one-off messages to us, the ROS, R-O-U-S, radius of unusual size. Yes, it is. Because I've been looking around for uh, a, an appropriate router bit here. And the, the biggest one that I found up until yesterday was like a like three quarter inch radius, which isn't bad. But then uh, as a prop that we used in John's router bit cabinet, I found uh, this manajama yep. here. So that one is a one inch radius, which I mean, doesn't sound that much bigger than three quarter inch, but the difference in bit size is, is pretty extreme. So, so I, I think if you go bigger, you start getting to shaper territory. Right. Yeah. You and know. at that point, I would just, yeah. you know, try and round it by hand then, you know, like yeah. knock off big chamfers and then and then cut it. But I think the one inch radius round over bit will give me the a sweep that's going to be that'll work for me. OK. Yeah. So you were talking just before we started recording, Logan, about uh, framing out the inside of your shop. Yeah, I I was whining. Let's be fair. Let's call it what it was. <laughs> I was whining because so it's what it's Wednesday right now when we're recording this. Um, Sunday it was the last day I would have framed anything out in the shop. So two days post framing, and my gosh, my golfer's elbow is acting up so bad like this is why i don't do framing for a living i love it like i love it it's a different level of woodworking you know it's like it's you like just cut it within a quarter of an inch and it will smash in there whether you hold it with nails or you have to beat it into place it'll hold right as long as everything's square it doesn't really matter which i love that mentality for framing but I'm, I'm using an air nailer. Like, I'm using a pneumatic air nailer, air framing nailer, um, to nail everything together. I'm not beating nails in, but just like the, I don't know, three minutes after I build a section of wall and stand it up and climb up on a ladder to, to pound the header back in to place, uh, my elbows are just killing me. Like, I'm glad that framing is almost done. I got to get office walls and bathroom walls up, and then I'm done framing. Um, nice. Because, yeah, because I'm guessing my entire family is sick of me whining about it. Because I'm, like, trying to lift up my cup of coffee. <laughs> and 
It's like, oh my god, this sucks. This is stupid. When did I get old? We were talking about it yesterday. When did I start sitting down to put my shoes on? Like, come on. Yep, it's coming for you. I know. So, yep, so we're, uh, framing's almost all the way done. I have to then start doing some electrical work and insulation. I am videoing this entire thing, so when I have a chance to edit those videos, those will be up on the Popwood YouTube channel. So, oh, that'll be cool. Uh, yeah, so I did. I did one kind of an intro talking about the building as all the lumber was delivered. Um, then I have some some B roll of the Amish crew that I had to come in frame it up. Um, I have some B roll of them working, um, some video of the concrete going in, and then some video of me doing some of the framing so we'll wrap that up um and then i'm gonna do probably do a little bit more extensive video talking about electrical and kind of what i'm doing for electrical okay i think we all agree that you can't ever have too many outlets in a shop however right now i have everything so fluid in that shop like i don't really know i like i have an idea where i want stuff to go but i don't really know it for a fact that yeah. I'm just gonna put I'm gonna put a four gang or a two gang box every eight feet. So every eight foot there will be a pair of one ten outlets and a two twenty outlet. Hmm. So there will be a faceplate that has two one tens and a two twenty. I think you can do that by code. So that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> uh, and I just figure smatter those every eight feet. There's always a outlet within reach. You know? Yeah. Call it good. So, and then I do have, I did before I put in the, con- or I didn't put in the concrete, before my concrete guys came in, I buried a two and a half inch conduit. Um, so I have a conduit that runs from my panel to where a divider wall is going to go in the shop. That way, if I need to pull heavier electrical, I can do it easily. Okay. That's cool. So, yeah. So. Yep, but just Sweet. need to finish up the the framing and my, I need to get my drywallers in here um, to put the ceiling up. That way I can blow insulation in. Once I blow insulation in, then I can actually turn radiant floor heat on and get everything warming up. Because man, you walk in there and it is an ice cube. I might have talked about this. Like that concrete is just an ice cube. It could be fifty five degrees outside. And inside the building is 20 degrees because of the ice, cold concrete. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of amazing how the inside, you feel like the inside should be better, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It sometimes feels worse. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. All right. So, what I'm hearing is you're just a couple of weeks away from podcasting from your shop then. Well, see, I wasn't smart enough to get a trencher before the before the ground froze, so I don't have I don't have internet out there yet. But maybe once maybe. heat's on, then we'll yeah. we'll figure out a way to do it. We'll make it work. <laughs> I mean, my internet out there can't be any worse than John's in the office. So. Right? Yeah, it's low hanging fruit. <laughs> I, I was in podcast jail there for a while. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> The worst kind of podcast hell is when you can't say anything, but you can just listen and, and watch. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> now I know what all the, the listeners have to go through every week. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> feel for you. Collective, I'm sorry. Yeah. So. How about you, John? Anything new with you? Um, I'm not building a shop right now, so that's not new with me. But yep. I don't know. Other than that, just try to get into 2023. You yeah. know. So see what yeah, what's your strategy some... though, John? Do you do you like ease into 2023, or do you start off on a strong note and set the bar high? Right, right. I mean, you don't want to come in too strong. I try to like ease out of the mm-hmm. previous year, ease out of 2022, and then ease back in, ramp back up. You know, mm-hmm. really hit my stride into January, uh, February, and then start tapering back off when we hit spring break. Start looking at 2024. You know, go <laughs> two two strong months of the right. year, and then it's yeah. just like, all right, well, it's a good run. Yeah, I mean, like, like the all, Doyles break like, up their. Ye- so Doyles break up their year via Disney trips, right? So like, yeah, right. like Q1, Q2, Q3. Yep. yep. The, the Disney trips in between. In all the quarters. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> so. Hey, I only went one time last year, so I, I don't even know how that place is still open. <laughs> <laughs> it's hurting the that's, economy. That's We're why they had to bring down. Bob Iger back. Yep. Yep. It's like, how do we get the Doyles back to Disney? (laughs) But, yep. Super funny. Mm -hmm. Whereas I took the opposite approach to John, I just went running right into 2023. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, hit it like a wall. You sure did. I feel like you're going to burn out. Just break through. I just cruised to spring break. And then it'll be a sprint to graduation, which you're going to have to deal with also, John. Yep. So yep. that's going to come up fast. Yep. Then after that, just coast. That's right. <laughs> May to the end of the year is just coasting. Yep. It's all about survival. All right. Before we head out, I want to talk about this week's free project download from Woodsmith Plans. Uh, I want to keep the shop theme going because I kind of feel like January is a great time to work on your shop, whether you're Logan and you're building one all on your own or you're kind of fine-tuning some of the stuff that you have in your shop, kind of making it your own. So last week we had a stacking sawhorse plan. Let's keep with the stacking theme but with a stacking tool totes. So I'll put a link both on the YouTube page and the show notes page where you can find uh, stacking tool totes. And these are plywood totes that you can customize any which way. We did several of them that are designed around those plastic hardware bins. If you've ever watched our TV show, you know that we have some sort of a disease because we have probably... I don't know, close to 30 or more that I can see just right from my desk here that we store hardware and supplies in. And uh, they're great for organizing all kinds of things um, and pretty flexible. So you want to check out that plan, uh, download it, 
this week free from Woodsmith Plans. All right. I think that just about wraps up another episode of the Shop Notes Project. If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, uh, feel free to send those in. You can email us, woodsmith at woodsmith.com, or you can leave a comment on our YouTube channel where you can watch the Shop Notes podcast and see some of the things that we're talking about when we point them out, and uh, as well as subscribe to our other videos that we put out weekly. New stuff constantly going on over there. Wherever you listen to your podcast, I'd love it if you could rate and review because it helps us to get the podcast in front of the ears of other woodworkers just like you. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.